Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to season two of the Sex Wrap. Season two. I know we are so excited to be in season two and to have all of these new things that we are including in our show now. And we are super excited to get to know you guys a little bit more. And we want to keep introducing ourselves to you so you remember and know and want to listen to us. Right. We're not just two weird sex perverts on the internet talking to you. We both have degrees. We both work at universities. We're all of those kind of things. Um, Like I'm in Miami, Springs in New York. But you know all of that. Um, What other kind of stuff should we talk about so they get to know us a little bit better? And what do we want to know about our listeners? Yeah. I mean, I would love for our listeners to, you know, keep engaging with us on social media and to, you know, uh, reach out and tell us things and tell us, well, we want to know what they like and specifically what they like hearing about and what they want to know more about on our show. Um, but yeah, I don't, I guess I don't know what they want to know about us, but we have heard that people want to know more stuff about us. I'm just not sure exactly what everyone wants to know. I want to know something more about you, Spring. I have a question. Oh, I knew that's no, this coming. Is, this, is, this is all part, I talked a little bit about like not wanting things anymore. Where do you want to travel next? Where do you want to go? Mm. Well, to visit me, but where else? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of places that I want to go back immediately because of uh, people I love being in those places. Um, but if you're talking about a place that I have not yet been to that I want to go to, um, I've really been trying to plan a trip to Peru. I want to do Machu Picchu and I've really, Did you hear that they're actually probably closing down tourists to Machu Picchu in the next couple of years. You got to get on that Ooh. quick because tourists keep defacing, vandalizing, stealing pieces of it. So they're just going to shut down the whole thing. Yeah. So go quick. That's interesting because like, um, that happened in Australia. I mean, they didn't shut down, um, Ayers Rock is what it used to be called, and I'm blanking on the Aboriginal name for Ayers Rock at the moment, Um, but they didn't shut it down, but they stopped allowing people to climb it because people used to go there and actually um, climb Uluru, that's the name, Uh, and now you can go and you can visit and you can walk around it, um, which I highly recommend. That's actually one of my favorite things I've ever done, Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that about Machu Picchu. So, yeah, I was going to try to go there at December and it didn't happen. So, I guess that's uh, the most immediate next thing I have to do. That sounds awesome. It's something that I've always wanted to do, too. It just looks so beautiful and so secluded. And you get to see this like crazy part of human history that no one ever tells you about. Um, if you don't know what Machu Picchu is, it's a whole society with these great big, huge buildings up on top of the Andes Mountains. And we didn't know about it for a long time, but it's really cool. Yeah, I would love, I would love to see that, too. So what is your next travel plan to a new place? So my travel plan is in sort of two different pieces. My best friend in the whole world um, has never been to a bunch of the places I love to go to. And one of my favorite things when traveling is to take somebody who hasn't 
been to a place that I love and then bring them there and show them all the fun stuff. Um, so it's going to be a two-part trip. I'm going to take them with me to Amsterdam and we're just going to have fun in the Netherlands for about a week. Um, and then after that, I'm going to visit my best friend in Berlin. Um, so I have this like Amsterdam, Berlin, it's going to be two different sides of Europe. One of them like beautiful canals and all kinds of Amsterdam cafes. And then we're going to go see the kind of the dirty underbelly in Berlin. So I'm really excited about that. Berlin is one of my top two favorite cities in the world with Sydney, obviously. (laughs) They are, are, Berlin and Sydney are essentially opposite cities. (laughs) Like Sydney's like big and beautiful and tropical and sunny. And then Berlin is, like I said, it's sort of like the, the glorious underbelly of Europe. Yeah. But it has so much beautiful history. Yeah. So I don't know. Where do you want to? Where do you want to travel? Uh, all of our wonderful listeners, anywhere special? Um, anywhere sexy? You <laughs> should have said, "Where's the sexiest place that you want to travel?" <laughs> yeah. That would be a, a very yeah. different kind of question. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I think we should. Uh, maybe start talking about our question and our question is kind of big today. Um, uh, so essentially we had someone ask us, uh, I'm dating this really sexy woman. And when I was pursuing her, she was dating or she, she would dress sexy, provocatively tight clothes. But now that I'm in a relationship with her, I want to ask her to stop wearing such sexy clothes. I don't think it's appropriate for her to be wearing sexy clothes when she's in a relationship. So what should I do? How do I ask her? I just like had this flash that somebody I'm dating sent this question in. <laughs> um, well, I'm not going to reveal. Uh, no. Uh, all, all I wear is yoga clothes. I wear <laughs> just a lot of tight pants. Um, <laughs> okay. So I think that there's a lot for us to dig into in this question, right? So um, first of all, we want to talk about um, what what is this question really asking? Like, what is really the underlying um, issue here, and what what do we really need to address? And the real underlying issue is that the boyfriend in this scenario is feeling a little insecure. Um, and he's probably feeling a little bit jealous of the way other people are looking at his girlfriend and these clothes that he liked so much before they were in a relationship. So I think that some of the things we want to talk about here are insecurity and jealousy within relationships. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I think that's one of the ongoing topics uh, of our show as well. Whenever we get into these relationship episodes, issues of jealousy and uncertainty, um, they come up really frequently. And I think it's important for us to talk about them. Um, but when this question came in for me, um, I'm pretty fiery and, and I read it and like, oh my gosh, really? I mean, we, we, we need to talk about it and it's so important, but there's all of these other underlying issues that kind of go with it. Like when I first read it, like, well, it sounds like a Madonna whore complex. You know Madonna whore complex? Yeah, can you explain what that is? Uh, there's lots of men um, who see women either as saintly Madonnas or they see them as essentially whores or prostitutes. Um, and Madonna is meant not in the I'm like, a virgin icon woman, but as a not not that I'm a virgin, but the 
oh, Madonna, I'm a virgin from the Bible. Right. Madonna. Like the <laughs> pure, saintly, motherly, like the perfect protector kind of person. Um, and there's a lot of men who have issues in relationships because as they're pursuing somebody, they're fine. Um, like they thinking about them as like, this is the person I'm pursuing. I want them. Um, but when they're in that relationship with them, they expect them to be that Madonna kind of character, that perfect, pure, virginal, saintly sort of person. Um, and they have a lot of issues whenever the woman that they're dating is not them. Um, and the other thing that popped to my mind immediately after I read the question is like, well, I think it's really important that whenever you're entering into a relationship with the person, you don't get to ask them to change, right? Like you enter into that relationship and they're still that person. And if they've worked hard and they have a great wardrobe and they have a sexy body and they showed off their sexy body before they were in a relationship with you, right? And, and if they're confident in their body, they should still be allowed to be confident in their body and be sexy in their body and be proud of their body. Like I, I, there's a lot of body shame that kind of resonates in this question, at least when I read it as well. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that all bodies are beautiful and that we should always be uh, promoting people feeling comfortable in their body and in their clothing and asking people to change their clothing, whatever their clothing is, um, is is shaming their choices, is shaming um, how they're presenting themselves and how they therefore feel um, in their body and in their clothing. And so, I mean, I would just even take this a step back and like not even thinking about uh, how virginal or how sexy someone looks or how, what their perception, what our perceptions are of their clothing or what they're presenting. And more just that when you're asking someone to change something about themselves, whether it's their clothing or anything else, um, that's, that's implying that you don't like that about them. And I think that that is a huge thing to say to someone, to a partner or to a friend and to say, you know, I don't like this about you, change it, um, is, it's nothing that you would ever want to say to someone that you love or care about. Um, well, it's, it's damaging. Like yeah. it's not only damaging to your relationship, right? Um, we know if we look at any of the research that the top things that are destructive to relationships are jealousy issues and controlling issues. But if you're telling someone to change a part of themselves that they like or that they've worked on or that they're proud of to suit your needs, it hurts them as well. You're damaging your relationship and you're hurting that other person. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things is think about what your, what these underlying things are. So we're going back to what is really underlying this question. So um, there might be jealousy and thinking about uh, other people looking at your partner. You think that other people are kind of as maybe seeing her as available because she's dressing sexy. Um, and so that's something that we know that, uh, what someone wears doesn't mean anything about who they are or whether they want to go out with other people or want to have sex with other people. And so I think thinking about, you know, your own uh, perceptions about what this means and kind of examining those and start to understand um, what 
how those might be incorrect or how those might be some <laughs> uh, unfounded well, beliefs, perhaps. And you might be able to take some of that energy and channel it into, holy crap, look at me. I'm in a relationship with this smoking hot person and I love her and I love her body and I love the way that she dresses. And if you're confident in that part of your relationship, when other people see her looking beautiful and sexy in the sexy, revealing, provocative clothing, um, like, yeah, this is, this is what I get and you just get a glimpse of it, but I get the whole person. Like, I think there's other ways you can kind of well, no, you don't own another whole person, but like, this is, this is the person that I'm in a relationship with. Um, there's ways that you can channel that energy if you sit back and think about it a little bit more that you can maybe have a more positive outcome than uncertainty and jealousy. Yeah. Um, I also think it's really important uh, to point out that um, when you are in a relationship with another person, you do not own their sex. You do not own their sexual identity. Like, you might share, they might share it with you, but it is not yours to own and control. And I think that's another one of the big overtones of this question is that like, I get to control the way that this person shares aspects of who they are as a sexual being. Like it is my thing that I get and no one else gets a, a part of it. Yeah. And I mean, so these issues of jealousy and of wanting to control and own uh, specifically women are prevalent in our society. I mean, that is kind of um, one of the underlying tenets of um, the of what causes rape, right? So like all of these kind of things build up when we think that women are should be controlled and should be dressing a certain way and should be acting a certain way um, within different contexts, then all of that contributes to this idea of rape culture. And all of that is highly problematic to say um, somebody has to behave in the way that I think they need to behave, right? Instead of the way that they feel comfortable and want to behave. Right. I mean, this really links back to our previous ep episode about toxic masculinity, too. This is another kind of aspect of what that looks like. Um, and it's all part of that same umbrella of ways that we control other people, ways that we try to mostly control women, um, and things that are part of our rape culture in the United States. And we should, we should question it, and we should work on ways to make it positive instead of negative. Um, but we're going to take a short break. When we get back, we are going to do our review of the week. Um, so see you in just a minute, everyone. And we're back. Um, so our review this week, which I'm super excited to do, is that, do we call them TV shows anymore? I feel like we don't watch them on TV. It's a Netflix show <laughs> um, called Sex Education. I cannot believe how awesome the show is. I thought Big Mouth was the best, and now Sex Education is out. And for me, Sex Education is even better. We're going to review Big Mouth eventually, too. But um, Sex Education is this absolutely amazing show about this awkward kid who reminds me of myself. His name's Otis, um, who has his mom is a sex therapist. They live in England, and um, he has some issues because he's in this household where sex is everywhere all the time. Um, and he's in a school, and all of the people in his school are having sex issues. And then he takes all of the 
sex therapy that he's learned from just listening to his mother and starts applying it to other students. And the entire thing is amazing from beginning to end. I don't know. What do you think, Spring? I mean, the show is hilarious um, and they tackle a lot of sexuality and sexual health questions um, specifically that people in high school have. But I think that resound more broadly, but um, that kind of start to come up in high school. And so it's really interesting to see them tackled um, really well through peers, like for, and for this main character to have so much knowledge from growing up in a household where he kind of gleaned all this information over his childhood is pretty amazing and pretty hilarious. And it makes me think about, um, so, like if I have a child, like what, what, what they would turn out like <laughs> growing up in a household with me talking about sex stuff all the time. Um, but I mean, the show is amazing and the, uh, the topics that they deal with are like right on. Yeah. So good. It, it does not pull any punches, right? So it's, it's way better than pretty much any sex ed curriculum that we have going on in the United States sex ed classes. I mean, they talk about protection and abortions and STDs, and they talk about any versus Audi vagina. They talk about like all of these topics and in your face. And I think it's really cool that it's all of the conversations sound exactly like the conversations I was having when I was a kid too. Like, the same kind of questions. They haven't really changed the same myths that are out there that need to be dispelled. Um, but it's just packaged fantastically. I love it. I haven't finished it yet though. I, I watched five or six episodes of a row in a row from like 1am until about seven o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, Oh crap, I have to go to bed. Oh crap. Um, so I still need to finish it. Um, but if the second half is even half as good as the first half, it's the best Netflix show I've seen in a very long time. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's really good. And I mean, so like it's educational for sure, but it is very entertaining. Like don't don't worry about it being like setting in a sex ed class because that's not what it is. It's a really well done, really fun to watch show. And it's quite naughty. So uh, <laughs> I mean, it's the kind of thing like it probably would be good to watch with. No, no. I mean, it's a great show. It's fun. It's educational, but not in like a preachy kind of way, just in a real like these are people who are making mistakes and then they talk about them and then you get to learn about it. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Um, so for me, five out of five or ten. Out of, I don't know. We need a rating. We have how many dicks is it? Is that a good rating scale? Um, I mean, that's kind of male centric. Yeah, I mean, I think that we could choose a new rating system for each thing. Like this would be like five out of five red tickets or whatever. Is a red ticket like? Well, that what was that for? I was trying to think like what was the symbol of Netflix? Did they have like a no? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. I thought they had like a little symbol that was like a red ticket or something at some point. I don't know. I they used to mail DVDs. They still to your mail house. them to my like parents. They still mail them to my parents' house. <laughs> wow! I didn't even I didn't even know. That my parents. So okay, well, this gets five out of five red tickets because Spring <laughs> thinks that's the the thing. So red tickets, five out of five A pluses for me for sex education. No, it's awesome. Um, watch it if, if you can't get enough of us. It's actually you know it'll give you a couple more hours of like fun sex content. So, okay. 
So let's dive back into our question for just a few minutes. I have a whole lot of questions that pop to mind um, immediately that I wanted to, I'm not, not shout at someone, um, but um, I'm pretty loud and I'm pretty high energy. So when things like that happen, uh, the thing, when questions like this come in, I like, all these questions pop to my mind. Um, Spring is constantly telling me to slow down when we're recording these episodes as well. Um, so the questions that I have are, um, are you changing your clothes too? So like the listeners submitted the question, like, so you're now in a relationship with somebody. Are you wearing less revealing clothes? Are you wearing like just hoodies and, and flannel oversized tops so no one can see your body or butt or bulge? <laughs> like, does that make sense? Like, like it's part of that whole perspective taking, like, you're asking someone to change their behaviors to better suit your needs. Are you willing to change your entire wardrobe to suit their needs? Right. I don't know. So uh, that was the, the, the question. Um, another one is I've been in a bunch of relationships. Spring has been in a bunch of relationships. Spring, have, when you're in relationships, um, does your style change? Um, like all of a sudden, are you like, hold up, I'm going to like throw away all my clothes and I'm going to get a whole new wardrobe just to suit my new partner. Look, or am I still going to look awesome? I'm, my, I would love to get a new wardrobe every time I got into a new relationship, to be honest. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I mean, I was thinking that I've actually experienced this exact question. One of my partners several years ago, um, a very long-term partner I had, uh, was always very uncomfortable with um, me wearing uh, like my tight leggings and stuff when we are going out. And he would notice people looking at me as he and I walked down the street and he would get very upset and he would be saying to me, Oh my God, I hate the way they looked at you. And like, would be saying it to me accusatory, you know, as if that it's, was kind of my fault. Yeah. And it was, it made me feel so bad about myself. Like when we're like on our way out somewhere and now he's saying these things, which make me feel uncomfortable then for the rest of the evening in an outfit that I love and I've worn a hundred times before. And that is something representative of all my outfits <laughs> and it's not something any different than I've worn in the past, you know? And, uh, but hearing that from a partner is, I mean, I can speak to it from that experience is is very damaging and makes you feel shamed and makes you feel uncomfortable. And um, and I mean, my partner wasn't meaning to shame me. He was he was upset at the way that other people were ogling me. But then came back to that as in, you know, that was my choice for clothing for the evening. So, I mean, it is that, that slut shaming that occurs, whether intentional or not is very harmful to the recipient of that. Yeah. I mean, and those are what all of the questions that pop into my mind kind of focused around too. Like, th is this just another kind of slut shaming? Is this just another way to try to control someone else's sexuality to make yourself feel better? Um, does, does, re does style change when you're in a real, like, no, style doesn't change. I'm not going to go buy new clothes just because my partner doesn't like the color green. So I'm probably going to wear more green. Get over it. It's my style. You don't get to control what I wear. Um, 
I mean, why do you get to make decisions about what your partner wears? Now, we're not talking about being kinky. We are going to have some kinky episodes coming up. We, 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 we were talking about like costume play and mm-hmm. all that other kind of stuff. That's not what we're getting about. Like, we, we don't get to make those kind of decisions about our partners, right? Like, you enter into a relationship with someone who's sexy and she likes being sexy, and she gets to continue to like to be sexy and feel sexy and wear sexy clothes that she has. That's, that's who she is. We don't get to ask people to make those changes because it's not about them, right? At the end of the day, when those, these kind of questions come up, it's always about us. It's about the person who's asking their questions and how they feel and what's going on inside of them. It's not about that other person. Right. So here, like we were saying, it's about the insecurity and the jealousy that the boyfriend is experiencing. And, and I just want to pose a counter question. So is there any situation where it would be okay to ask a partner to change their clothes? Uh, Okay, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Going to something like a funeral or a church service or your like those kind of like big formal events or like you're working and there's a big formal dinner party and everybody is going to be in cocktail attire and your partner doesn't necessarily know what that is. So you can help them dress for a dress code for an event. I think that's a little bit different. Um, That's making sure that they fit into what's going on there. so I think there's a difference between everyday life asking someone to change it so they no longer wear sexy clothes to you're going to a cocktail function or you're going to a ball or you're going to whatever it is, a prom, um, and you help your person or you help your partner uh, wear something that is event appropriate. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did I just yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so I think that if somebody's clothing bothers you because you're afraid that they'll feel uncomfortable once they're there because there is a certain dress code in a certain context that I think is different. So um, you could um, talk about that in a very sensitive way with a partner talking about how um, the place that you're going is very conservative and you like their clothing, um, but they might feel more comfortable and, uh, something else that is maybe more um, fitting in within that code. But that's not... I thought you were going to ask me to crazy yoga dance party and you're going to say like, Andrew, your button down and your jewelry is way too much. You need to put on this onesie. Yeah, onesie. You know, um, <laughs> one time uh, my uncle invited me to a conference dinner Um And so he was, I was living in Sydney and he had this big conference in Sydney and at the end of the conference, they were having this big dinner and he said that I could attend as his guest and meet some of his colleagues there. And I was so excited and he had told me it was black tie and I wear this gorgeous black dress that was um, kind of short in front and then long and back and flowing and it was like beautiful. And I go to meet him and he was wearing like jeans and a polo shirt and I was like very confused and I thought oh maybe he has like a change of clothes somewhere like on the way Um, and then we go and we get to this boat that's going to take us over to the place where we're having the dinner and everybody's in just like shorts and stuff and I am in this (laughs) very (laughs) just 
fuzzy dress and I look at him and I'm like, did you not say this was black tie? And he's like, it's not black tie. Where'd you get that? And I'm like, no, I'm certain you told me this was black tie. And he was like, I was wondering why you were wearing that. And I was like, why didn't you tell me before we got here? (laughs) And so I spent the whole evening in this gorgeous dress when everyone else was in not even like dress up wear at all. Um, And yeah, that's a time where I wish somebody had clarified the dress code a little bit more before I actually got there. Uh (laughs) So so we've entered into the world of events with specific dress codes, which is very different than everyday life. Yeah. All right. Um, Is there anything else that we need to talk about? Or are we ready for... I think we're ready for just the tip. Just the tip. Just the tip. Um, Okay. So today, just the tip is a little bit longer than just one little line. Um, But I think it's really important for everybody to understand that uncertainty is a normal part of every relationship, right? So being uncertain about things is normal. Um, And jealousy, most of the time we see as a manifestation of uncertainty. And whenever you feel that jealousy rear its head, and almost everybody has some little jealous lizard inside of them that pops its head up once in a while. um, What the tip really is, when you feel that happen, take a moment, put a little break in that jealousy emotion, and put yourself in your partner's shoes, right? Do some position taking, do some empathy, and really examine both your emotions and feelings and what, what in the situation that's going on. And what you'll see most of the time, right, as soon as you do that, as soon as you do some position taking, um, it'll take those feelings of uncertainty and they'll start to evaporate and go away. Um, so if you start thinking about uncertainty as a normal part of a relationship and if you take a little pause, like you feel that jealousy start to build, take a pause and put yourself in the other person's shoes and think about those feelings, most of the time you'll see that they're unfounded, that they're, they're probably not real, Um, and that you'll probably be a lot happier in all of your relationships. So let's do a little example. So like what we're saying here is that the boyfriend in this scenario, when he's saying, I want to ask my girlfriend to dress less sexy in our everyday lives, um, that he should put himself in her shoes, and it sounds like her high heels, and uh, say, okay, first of all, have I changed anything? Am I dressing differently? Am I, does it seem like I'm going out of my way to hurt my boyfriend? Like, am I, what, what am I doing here? And then how would I feel if my boyfriend came to me and said, you know, I want you to change all these things about you so that when you're kind of looking at it from that point of view, you can start to see that this is who your girlfriend is. This is what she wears. This, she has not changed anything about herself. She is being completely herself and that it would be hurtful to hear something like that coming from her boyfriend. And so that's the kind of thing that we're suggesting that if you, um, just totally put yourself in that person's shoes and try to look at their motivations, look at what, it's happening from their side, what they think might be happening. It can help you to understand the situation more fully instead of just going straight to that um, jealous or hurt place. Right. 
So that's the tip for today, just the tip. Um, and uh, our shout out is the same as our review. Our shout out is to Netflix and all of the people who made sex education amazing. We love you. Um, love us back? I don't know. I mean, they should love us back because we are the, the constant, steady sex education. Love, 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 love all around. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so if you have any questions or want to talk to us, um, you can find us on a whole bunch of social media. We're at the sex wrap, um, what's wrap with the W on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can call us, uh, four, one, three, uh, I wrap it. And then you can email us at, uh, the sex wrap at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you like, listen, follow, get on our social media. We're there all the time. Uh, thanks everybody. Have a good one. Just wrap us. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school or just too music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious breakmaster cylinder the podglomerate a sonic universe